Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today I have two guests. Uh, Jules Summers is the president and CEO of Integra Resources, who are a development stage mining company focused on the exploration and de risking of past producing the Llama Gold Silver project in Idaho, uh, the US. And also I have Jason Kosak, who's the CEO, president, and director of Millennial Precious Metals, who are building a multi million ounce multi-asset production company, uh, unlocking value through near-surface heat leachable gold and silver ounces in Nevada, Arizona. Um, Integra recently merged with Manual, so it would be good to hear more about this uh, transaction and what the future holds for both companies or maybe just one company. Um, <laughs> and obviously we're here, here to find out more. So that's welcome, George and Jason, to the podcast. How are you doing, guys? Bob, how's it going? All good, thanks. All good. Well, it's good to have uh, obviously both of you on. Um, I just wonder if you can both individually just tell us a little bit about your uh, about your career, about your background, um, and then obviously we can talk more about the uh, more about the merger and what it means for both companies and um, what the future holds. So, um, if George wants to go first, and then uh, Jason. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, thanks, Rob. And, and by the way, you caught us on a great day. This is our first uh, management amalgamation session that we're we're here in Boise. Uh, quite, it's exciting times, right? So we're talking about putting these two companies together and and putting two teams together and becoming one. And so it's we're we're past the kind of getting to know you stage. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty of what we need to execute on. And it's 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 fun. It's great to be here in Boise, actually. So uh, yeah, uh, in terms of what I do or what I've done for a living for my entire life. I'm a geologist by background. So I've been in the business for uh, over 30 years, worked, uh, worked around the world, essentially started my career working for major mining companies. And I, and I joined the wild west of junior mining in the uh, early two thousands. And um, it's been a, it's been a great ride. I, I, I particularly like uh, taking unloved assets that were owned by others and, and demystifying them, de, uh, de-risking them, if you will, and turning them into something. And you know, I've I've done done that a few times. Of course, we all have a couple of uh, failures in our in our back pocket. That's just the nature of the game. But I've had more successes than fa- failures, certainly. And and uh, so this time around, we've got this great asset that Millennial just joined us on to develop in in Idaho, southwestern Idaho, Delamar. And they these guys have some great assets just south of the border. Uh, from us in in Nevada, and I'll let uh, Jay talk about those. Yeah, how's it going, Rob? Nice to meet you. Uh, as well, as structural geologist uh, like George, uh, really started cutting my teeth after a, a sh- very short professional football career uh, up here in Canada. We started in 2009 with a company called Trelawney uh, Mining and Exploration, uh, which we discovered the uh, Cote Gold project, which is now the third largest gold mine in Canada. And subsequently sold that to IM Gold for about 680 million in 2012. Uh, then I was in IM Gold's development program for a number of years, 
uh, going throughout all of their projects. And then in 2015, uh, really joined the Talisker group. And what we did is we did all the technical due diligence for all OSISCO related companies. So came up with the models for Barkerville and, and OSISCO Mining Windfall and did a lot of work with uh, the, the whole group of companies. Uh, and then that was sold in 2019 and went out um, with my other partner, Ruben Padilla, to build Millennial and really saw, looked up to George and, and his group at Integra. They've done a an amazing job with an Integra One and Integra Two, and and thought we should join forces to really create the go-to vehicle, um, you know, really go-to growth story and and exploration development vehicle, uh, right at the bottom of the market here, because uh, we think you know we got some really really good headwind uh, tailwinds, so to speak, uh, in the gold space. So creating that vehicle that's uh, prime for for takeoff uh, when we when we get a strong gold tape like we do. Yeah, obviously, you, we, uh, I just um, obviously recently you've recently announced that you're um, having an uh, at market friendly merger. Um, so what? Why now? And why each other? What? What? I suppose attracted you, you, your two companies together, um, and obviously you're bringing two management teams together. As you mentioned, your this is your first strategy session. Um, so why? Why have you why have you two companies come together? And I suppose yourselves heading up both companies, what what was that what was that like for both of you two and what the reason for you two coming together as well? Well I think we I I briefly just touched on it and, and really what we were doing is frankly there's there's just too many uh exploration and development companies out there. Okay. Um and we really wanted to create a, a vehicle that was in the go-to vehicle in, in our space um, and to remain relevant from a scale and, and scarcity perspective in a sector that is frankly not that relevant anymore to especially the generalists in, in, in the retail audience. Um, that's kind of the vehicle that we wanted to set up. Um, and George and his team were doing basically the same thing that our team on the millennial side was doing is we were literally going through Production assets and, and looking at production assets and being like, okay, well, that needs a lot of a lot of capital injection, and we got to fix a lot of problems. There's a lot of risk, and probably, frankly, would blow up either of our cap tables. <laughs> you know, then we go down to the permitted assets, and there's very few of those. And permitted uh, permitted ounces in in the basin, heap leach ounces go for you know about 0 0.89, 0 0.9 on a PNAP consensus basis. So. For our shareholders, you know, we're like, okay, well, if it's they're going for 0.9, you know, it's tough for us to make create value to unlock value. Um, and then we went down to the kind of the resource development stage, which we were, we were both at, and really try to look at you know come projects that can kind of push a hundred thousand ounce a year uh, per annum um, profile. And there is literally probably not even a handful of those assets out there. You know, there's a bunch of 20 to 40 and then about 40 to 70, but north of 70, there's very, very, very few. Um, so George and we've we've known each other for quite a long time. We've met in in in, in the Abitibi and and throughout the Vancouver community. Uh, and we really saw the the world from the kind of the same lens. And and his team has done an amazing job kind of de-risking and doing all the permitting work. And, and, and we were kind of doing the same thing, obviously a, a little bit behind as Delamar is, is, is our, our flagship asset and much more advanced. 
Um, but it was it was really nice to kind of do the the work with George and his team to get this deal across the line. Um, and you know, there was, was George and I resolved the social issues right away over over a few beers and at his place in Whistler, and 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 that was that was really it. So when I answer your question, long story long, but. Uh, you know, creating the go-to vehicle, uh, growth and development vehicle in the best mining jurisdiction in the world um, with uh, when, when we see the space really starting to turn. And George, have you got anything else to add? Is there anything different different from that? Uh, nothing different. No, I, I agree with everything that Jason said. I think I would, what I would add to it is is the power of, of being not just a one asset company anymore, but a multiple asset company anymore. I, you know, I think... I think, you know, some investors, maybe not all, but some investors understand that being a one asset company uh, is can be a good thing, but can also come with a lot of risk. And so um, having multiple assets to point to just in case if something, God forbid, goes wrong on your your flagship asset, you've got other assets to back up your value, back backfill your value, if you will, to use a mining term. And, and why you solve whatever issues happen with asset over here while well, you've got other assets to rely on over here and so that's that's a powerful thing from a de-risking perspective and i think investors should care about that yeah. then there's the then there's the force multiplier effect of having having several assets that are you know in a development cycle when if you put them together you know you're 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 not talking about in integra's case we were our asset had 135,000 ounces a year with respect to a heat bleach production profile but when we add Millennials assets to the equation. We're now talking, you know, a cumulative production profile, something that looks like 230 to 250,000 ounces a year, potentially subject to further studies, of course. But but now we're now talking now mid-tier producer sort of territory. It's not just a one asset, one offer, you know, one mine junior junior developer. We're talking about something substantial. And that's that's one of the elements that really attracted me to to getting this transaction done, Rob. So what does the merger mean for obviously the combined projects? Um, is there a staged approach to exploration and development now? Yeah, that's, you know, we always talk about this. There's really two things that plague uh, development and exploration companies, to be quite honest. And us as a management team, we get paid to solve problems, right? And, and George touched on one of them is, is, is permitting. So single asset companies, it's tricky. Um, so how you mitigate that is you have multiple horses in the race. Um, and, you know, from a strategy perspective and how they are, our stage is, you know, develop, uh, we all talk about the Lassonde curve and, and the, the valley of the orphan period of the valley. And, okay, we, we understand that. That's, that's, that's a fair assumption. But the beauty is, is by having multiple assets at different stages is Delamar goes into a permitting timeline, a per permitting pipeline. Uh, and the beauty is, is Wildcat and Mountain View have only been drilled on basically a five acre permit. Uh, you know, they're 20,000 acre land packages. So what we'll do is when Delamar goes into a permitting scenario, Wildcat in Mountain View will add that exploration sizzle, so to speak. So you have continued news flow from the drill bit, resource growth and, and, and really exciting news flow while you're doing kind of a boring, you know, permitting work that, that 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 retail doesn't really like but that needs to be done frankly um so from a from a strategy perspective you know delamar is number one 
Um, that will go first. We'll submit the mine plan of operations uh, by the end of this year. Uh, then Wildcat will be the next one. Mine plan of operations will be submitted by the end of 2024 and then Mountain View. The other the beauty thing about this merger is, is people forget uh, one of the biggest problems we have, and you know this very well, Rob, is people. Okay, so one of the other things that we've tried to do here is secure the top quality assets and secure people. Um, so the uh, really nice thing that this has is, you know, Millennial, we were going to have to go hire a full permitting and engineering team. Um, but now with once Delamar submitted their mine plan, that team goes on to Wildcat, then that team goes on to Mountain View. Same from a build perspective. Delamar Wildcat Mountain View, and then you have this nice water flow effect of, of, of cash flow offset and capex as, as you develop and, and build out the production profile. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the, the strategy and the, and the sequencing that, uh, that we've really kind of envisioned for the company. I mean, I was just gonna ask about the skills. Obviously, two companies coming together, have you, Basically, broaden your skill sets within within both companies coming together. Um, and you've obviously just highlighted well, obviously one area, but do you feel now you've got all the skills that you need to move forward as a company by you two companies merging together? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you look at the breakdown of the team, and um, I'm kind of staring at an org chart right now on the wall, but essentially, what it is 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 from the millennial side, uh, advanced exploration uh, skill skill sets, essentially resource estimation, as we talked about before we got on this call, things that are really scarce, right, in the business. Well, um, that's one of the elements that NPM brings to us. I mean, we've got some great geological talent and, and talented individuals, but the process of resource estimation is something that we would always outsource to, to third parties. Now with with Raphael coming in from the millennial side, that's his skill set. He's a PhD resource estimation guru, if you will. This is what he's done for a living for many, many years. He he brings that element to the, the Integra side. And what I feel what we bring to the millennial side as one company is the ability to to engineer, um, suss out metallurgy with our metallurgical team and permit essentially. And so, you know, there are a lot of complementary skill sets here that uh, we think will work really, really well together. Um, obviously, the consolidation theme is something we've heard investors call for a lot recently, um, which you've probably highlighted in some of the reasons why you two companies have come together. Um, what's, what is taking so long for these companies to sort of consolidate and become larger and more efficient? Yeah, it's a tricky question, but, uh, you know, a lot of it comes down to to egos and social issues, to be quite honest. Uh, I went through a big, we tried to do a big consolidation a few years back, and and, and that's exactly what it, what, what it was. And, uh, and obviously, the vision of how people want to progress projects and de-risk projects, some people don't see eye to eye. Uh, and that's why it was so easy for George and I to to do this because there was no social issues. We saw the the, the the like the world through the same lens, so to speak. Um, and I, I think that's that that's a big one. And you know, you got to remember too, Rob, is that there's not many. Once you start peeling back the layers of the onions, okay, there's not many quality projects left. But that is, I'll tell you that right now. You know. 
so that's that's another one that, that there's not many of them. Um, and the good ones get scooped up probably too quickly. And then you're just left with uh, the not so great ones. But I think there's a few left out there that like, once we get a once we get a better currency here, you know, we're on a, on a pro forma basis, we'll be trading at like, you know, 0.15 on a PNAV basis. You know, once you submit the mine plan, you, you average acquisition cost is around 0.5 permitted go for 0.9. So, you know, once we get that re-rating opportunity over the next kind of year, year and a half, and we get a currency, there's a few other things out there that, that look interesting that we can do further consolidation. Um, you got to remember too, is, you know, uh, one thing people don't talk about is, you know, probably saving around two and a half million a year in just GNA alone. And it would actually grow substantially more if we had to go hire an engineering and fallout permitting team on the millennial side, it would, it would grow significantly. Um, so I, I think those are, you know, really what, what, what plagues these things. I think there's a, there's a, there's a philosophical question to be, to be asked, Rob, here, which is interesting. It'd be a great narrative for maybe a future podcast, which is who are we, who are we as, as, CEOs and executives of these companies to to kind of sit back and say, well, no, I'm not merging my company with another company because I'm very comfortable in my seat, uh, or because I've got a certain way of of thinking. My it's my way of the highway. Well, in in doing that, you're doing your shareholders a tremendous disservice. If 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 there are synergies to be had, um, if there if there's if there's a, a growth multiple here that can create value. Who are we as as CEOs in this industry to say no? Um, and uh, that's something that we we overcame in this in this transaction, as Jason pointed out, pretty quickly. Um, but by the same token, I know for a fact that it's it's a, it's an impediment to other mergers and other consolidation initiatives. Just two CEOs, two management groups, two sets of executives can't get along, can't agree. Everybody's being territorial and defending their patch. Nobody wants to let anything go, and that's not our style. Yeah, I've just wrote down a, a quick quote that I've that I've heard someone's or maybe someone famous may have said: um, "Going along, you can only go so far, but going together, you can go so much further." Yeah, yeah. there's no, a, there's a quote similar to that, but what it's saying is, if you go alone, you can only go so far before it gets really difficult, but if, if you join forces with someone else um, or become part of a network, you can go so much further. Yeah, um, you're exactly, exactly right, Robin. And, and you know, what we saw is there's a big gap, right? You have the Orlas of the world, Calibers that have done an amazing job. Uh, and then there's a real big, or K92s, and then there's a big drop to us, Liberty, but, you know, but all the other $100 million, $150 million companies, and there's nothing really in the middle. And by doing this, you know, by the end of the year, we'll be pushing over 7 million ounces in the basin. And on a pro forma production basis, you know, somewhere in the realm of 230, 250,000 ounces a year. Um, and that separates us from 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 our, our peer group significantly. Uh, and that goes to exactly your point. You can only go so far at 100, 130, but do it together. You know, those the, this companies that do that type of production and then have that resource base, you know, they're, they're billion dollar plus companies. Uh, mm. So it's, I mean, it goes to your point exactly. 
I was going to say, hopefully people, some people are listening to this and maybe think about, obviously, joint venturing with someone or merging with someone. Do you see what, you, what you've done? Do you see more companies thinking about this or are a lot of companies still reserved and still want to go alone? Yeah, it, uh, that's a great question. We, we've since we announced this transaction, we've actually heard that there are other companies that are considering this sort of initiative now. Um, yeah, what, what's driving it? I think it's it's the it's the funds that own us. Uh, they're starting to say, look, you know, the, all these companies within the pool that we own, you you, you all are going to have to start thinking about getting together, merging together, because there's there's only so much money to go around, and uh, they don't they won't. You know, typically speaking, the fund the fund managers will need to follow 20, 30, 40 stocks that they own. Well, they would far prefer to follow just 10 or 15. Um, makes their jobs easier. And, and in fact, you know, white writing one check to fund these development uh, initiatives rather than writing 10 checks is is far easier, right? So the pressure the pressure is coming from those that own us, the the, the institutional funds, um, for sure. So they're so and, they're drive so they're driving this basically. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So you, you can hear Joe Foster at Danek. You know he did a great podcast or with uh, I believe Kitco at BMO and very supportive. You know he runs one of the biggest precious metals funds and, and the biggest gold ETF. Uh, he was very supportive and, and and he's saying for more companies to do this and you know. One thing uh, I like doing is as having first mover advantage uh, and being first to the to the table. I think it's uh, it helps out a lot. So, you know, glad to, to to get this done with George and his team. Yeah. What advice would you give then someone that could be listening to this podcast or hopefully listen to this podcast that could be thinking of just thinking about being in a position to merge with someone, whether they know that company or not? What are some of the things or what advice can you give that can put them in a better position or more positive position to then seek that opportunity? I would say, I think first and foremost, anyway, from my perspective would be, don't be afraid to let go of your ego in this process, right? Just, just, just park it, uh, be open-minded about, about what, what your new, new role could be. Um, and 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 just work accordingly. That's that would be sort of the top of the list for me. I don't know about you, Jay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Is check the egos at the door. Um, bigger is always bigger is better. Um, and yeah, that, those are those are the big things for sure. And what one has the bigger ego out of you two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one of us is an ex-pro football player. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> Got you. Probably me, uh, as as a, the big-headed uh, ex-pro football player. I'd say probably me. That's what George, that's what George is going to coach me because he's had a lot more experience than I do. So it's a good relationship. He can he can put me in my place when I need to be put in my place. Yeah, I think that comes yeah. from being kicked in the gut maybe a few more times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. The deal set to close in early May. Um, what are the major catalysts for the new Integra resources post-close? So, so big ones uh, that can deliver significant value creation is is one is the updated resource uh, at Dalamar. Uh, there's a lot of drilling that didn't go into the last uh, resource, 
And there's the addition of all of the stockpiles, like the drilling that uh, that uh, we've been doing there has been spectacular. You know, if those were in situ drill holes, people would be really talking about them. They but their stockpiles, frankly, they're actually better because the material is already blasted and it's already been you know taken out. Uh, so that that'll be an updated resource at Delmar. Then it'll be an updated resource at Wildcat and Mountain View with a joint PEA. Uh, continued engineering studies and, and, and de-risking, and then we'll, we'll finish it off with a mine plan of operations at uh, Delamar. And during that kind of period, we'll, we'll do some exploration, some nice step-out holes to show a lot of resource growth and, and kind of stuff like that, real exploration stuff at, at Wildcat, you know, through the summer and, and, and into the fall. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be combined company north of 7 million ounces and about, you know, 700 million of U.S. NAV exposure in the best mining jurisdictions in the world. Um, you know, how we make money is 0.15 to 0.9 on, you know, 700 million bucks we can in a U.S. So that's that's how we create value for anyone who wants to, to get on the train before it leaves the station. Yeah, um, look, obviously everything seems positive and you guys uh, obviously um, get on well together. What challenges do you, can you envisage um, where there might be challenges in the future, whether that's something that's happening in the macro environment because of, because of this transaction, whether it's the two companies fully coming together. Is there any sort of challenges that you can foresee uh, happening over the course of this year? Yeah, I think, I think probably the biggest challenge, I, I don't know how you see this, Jay, I, I, the allocation of capital to and prioritization of that is a challenge, but I think if you take one step beyond that, it's, it's access to capital, right? It's, it's, this, is a, uh, this is a business that has been severely constrained from an access to, to capital perspective. So we've got a set of plans that we, we need to execute on to to get assets permitted, to get other assets up the curve from PEA to PFS to FS. And, you know, obviously that, that requires money. That's the gas, gas in the, in the, in the, uh, in the gas tank uh, for all of these perspectives. So I think, you know, in order for, for things really start to, to, to need to start to move here in our business, we need that generalist input back into, back into the investment circle of what we do. They're gone. They've been absent for years. Um, that said, it looks like the landscape for their return is setting itself up quite nicely, which is why, you know, we believe that the timing of this this transaction is is the right one. It's spot on. Um, but yeah, no. Just to, to to answer your question, full stop, Rob. It's it's access to capital. That's that's the biggest risk, and it's always going to be for companies like ourselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's exactly right. Yeah. You know, we're lucky that we have some of the best shareholders in the space and, and the, from the likes of BD Capital and, and, and Wheaton Precious uh, Metals. We're, we're very, very lucky that to have a really strong shareholder base. And, you know, George is exactly right with with the generalist money coming back in. You're seeing, you know, generalists usually had about in, in their fund about, you know, three to five percent allocation, gold allocation. Right now, those generalist funds are a quarter of a point. You know, even if they were to go up to one or two percent, you know, that's going to drive these multiples of these of these exploration development companies through the roof. 
so it's a lot less dilutive for us to 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 raise capital and have access to capital. But we're going to need to see that th those general flow of funds come into the, into the space. And I, I think you're, you're seeing that like Society General just came out the other day saying they're going to be three to four percent waiting in, 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 in gold and gold equities. And as soon as you see see more of those bigger, bigger funds uh, make that pivot, um, uh, it'll, it'll be very helpful for us. And, and we're going to need to see that. Yeah. Um, obviously, gold continues to perform well, uh, but the equities, uh, obviously, particularly with the, the uh, developers, have not caught a bid. Um, what do you think is preventing the, the spot uh, gold run from being reflected better in the uh, equities? Oh, gosh, I, I think that there are a number of, of factors that are driving the, the lack of interest at the moment, despite the, as you said, the run on the gold price. I think people need to see sustained gold prices kind of sitting where they are for a period of time and not getting knocked around. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of volatility in the general market and specifically within the gold sector as well with the gold price. That said, you know, to, $1980, an ounce is, is, a, is a good gold price. It's a healthy gold price. It's it's one that you know many, many producers are making pretty good margins at right now. So there's nothing wrong with it. But I think it has to kind of sit there for a while, Rob, and it has to it, it has to hang in there in order for people to be believers and say, yes, this is a we're back into another sort of gold bull run here. We're we're believers and we're buying the best exposure that you can get to gold, which is the gold equities ultimately. I don't think we're too far away from that. Yeah. And obviously, how long do you think a, a, a bull run can last for, especially with obviously what's happening in the, the, the monetary system at the moment? Um, there, there seems to be more focus on gold more recently, and I'd imagine it will have more focus than it has done previously. How long do you think uh, this bull run could actually last for? Well, if I look backwards, I'm like, sorry, I, I didn't no, want to step no, in there, you, but it just, I kind of, you know, been when, more than when, I have. when you think, I, I've been, as you were asking that question, like uh, that, I know he's going to ask this question, um, <laughs> but I've had to find a new job every kind of five to seven years in this business, mostly due to M&A getting taken over. I've, I've been very fortunate on that, on that basis. Um, so I can kind of point to, Gold cycles lasting that long, five to seven years. I think we're probably just in the beginning of one right now. Um, okay, exactly agree. And um, where do you think that gold price could eventually go to? <laughs> That's always a loaded question. If you talk to uh, Rob McEwen, he probably says like thirty thousand dollars because the correlation to the to the, the Nasdaq and all that sort of stuff. You know, reality, I think if it, it sustains over 2,500 bucks, somewhere in that range, you know, the margins these guys are making, you got to remember, like, yeah, I think the average ASIC cost with the majors right now is around 1,200 bucks. So, you know, even at 2,000 bucks, you know, you're making huge, huge margins, okay? Um, and they're going to have to, you know, allocate a lot of capital and, 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 and start securing more more high-quality ounces, you, know, you got to remember Barrick and Newman and Goldfields, you know, they've been declining on a production profile basis for a number of years. You know, they're, they're going to be below, I think for the first time in a while, below 5 million ounce a year production. Um, so they, they keep on declining and, and, you know, they're going to have to do something. And, and once they 
you know, with the margins that they're making at 2,500 or wherever you want to see it go. But, you know, anything north of 2,000, I think, in sustaining that for, for a few years would would completely change the whole landscape. Yeah. And what, well, something that Jason just said, um, you know, we just, we've just come off of a pretty, pretty hectic conference, mining conference circuit, uh, BMO and PDAC and others. And, and so it, it, it's funny because you go to these major mining company presentations and, you know, there was a time five, seven, 10 years ago where you go to, I won't mention any names, but large, large scale gold producers, and they would always show this sort of increasing curve of, of production doing this. Now you go to that, those same productions and they're, they, they're basically priding themselves on saying, well, look how well we can maintain this flat line of, of production here. At some stage, that's got to change. And, you know, gold prices, I think, is going to be one of those catalysts. It's going to be, you know, uh, the, the, the marching order for them is going to be don't, don't just sit there and, and collect cash, you know, do something, deploy that cash. You, and I think that's where projects like, like ours come into, into the, uh, the fold. I don't, there's just not many of those around. Yeah, I was going to say, is there, is there a lot of gold projects out there for these majors to invest in? Um, no. or do, and, but also, does the, pro, does the price need to go a bit more higher to get some of these projects off the ground? No, I think, like, you know, on a, on a combined basis, you know, our, our ASIC cost will be around 900 bucks. So, you know, even if we were to slip down to 1500 we're still making really good money. You know, that, that's the reality. And, and that's the way you you need to build a real business is that, you know, you can't we can't build a business hoping that the gold price is going to go higher. If it stays where it is or drops a little bit, we are still making money. And that's how you build a real business. And then shareholders get that get that, uh, you know, icing on the cake, so to speak, as as the gold price uh, appreciates. Uh, it's just we just increase our margin and increase our, our free cash flow. And um, what's the outlook for 2023 for, for both of you two and both the companies? Well, I think, you know, like I, I mentioned to you earlier, it's, 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 it's we and us and it's, it's, you know, we're obviously conditional on, on the millennial shareholder vote on the 26th. I'll close the transaction May 3rd, I believe, somewhere around the beginning of May. Uh, and then it'll be a heavy, heavy list of, of major catalysts. Like I mentioned, updated resource at Delamar, including the stockpiles and a bunch of drilling, updated resource at Wildcat Mountain View, PEA Wildcat Mountain View, um, a lot of exploration drilling at Wildcat, um, continued engineering and, and permitting studies, uh, all the baseline work that frankly delivers a lot of value and it costs quite a bit of money that frankly other companies don't do. And then la uh, lastly, to finish with the with the mine plan uh, of operations submission for our flagship Delamar project. And George, have you got any uh, final words? Yeah, I mean, we the, you know as as you were asking that question, Rob, you know what's this year hold for for us on camera with you here? Um, the, I guess the, the division of, of, of roles is, 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 is well-defined. Um, you know, Jason here is, he's a master at getting out in front of crowds and, and wowing them. He's also very, very solid from a technical perspective. So he'll be doing a lot of that sort of stuff, um, 
focusing on on projects both in Idaho and and Nevada. From my perspective, um, this transaction gives me a lot more time to focus on key permitting uh, and stakeholder engagement, which is really a big part of what's going on here in Boise right now, and will be my focus for the next however many years. Um, this transaction actually unlocks locks my time and my bandwidth to to do a lot more of that sort of stuff. So. I think that's what the year looks like for us personally as well. Yeah, great. George, Jason, really appreciate your time. Thank you for giving us uh, an overview of what's what's happening uh, with both both companies coming together. Um, hopefully, anyone that's listening that may have may have a a, a thought about maybe joint venturing with someone or having a or thinking about merging with other companies. Based on obviously what you're what you've said and the experiences uh, they may be going through, because I think as I as I said regarding that quote, you can only go so far alone, but you can go so much further uh, by coming together. Um, so hopefully that can resonate with maybe some people that are listening to this uh, listening to this episode. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, um, how can they go about doing that? How can people follow? Uh, your journey uh integraresources.com is the the website so we're we're in the process of putting the two the two websites together and making one uh, but that's that's a good starting point uh their symbol is mpm on the venture exchange ours is itr and venture and itrg on the new york stock exchange okay great we can include those in the the show notes the company's uh company's uh, podcast that's episode great. Wish you well for 2023 and beyond. Um, perhaps you can come on later later this year, next year. Let us know how, how the, the merger actually went. Um, and obviously some lessons that you can, maybe some things you might have be able to do better. Um, and hopefully, hopefully you can educate the audience if they are in a position to consider uh, looking at merging with someone. Um, perhaps you can obviously come on and uh, give us your, give us some tips on uh, how to maybe do things better. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great to to uh, see how you guys go. Happy to do so, Rob. Awesome. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Rob. Thank you very much. And yourself. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. There's a lot, obviously, to take away. Um, hopefully, you gain, gain some uh, ideas if you are in that particular position. Um, if you want to reach out to either George or Jason, then obviously um, look at the show notes accompanying this to uh, ask any questions that you may have. Please can, uh, please um, pass this episode on to others. Appreciate your continued support. Um, obviously, share this amongst mining people within the industry, but even people outside of the mining industry, because um, we, want, we want to educate people not just in the mining industry, but those that don't know anything about mining, um, because we need to improve... Obviously, the brand image um, it is, I suppose, an image that get, does get tarnished. Um, but we want to try and educate as many people as possible. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.